This episode is brought to you by SaneBox. No single tool steals more of our precious time than email. So much so that we find ourselves spending our Sunday nights trying to get a head start on email so that it's less of a headache on Monday. But what if there was an app that could get a head start on your email for you? Well, that's exactly what SaneBox does. Using powerful algorithms that analyze your habits, SaneBox automatically filters unimportant emails out of your inbox so that you can spend more time on the work that matters. See how SaneBox can help you reclaim your time and your focus with a free two-week trial. Visit SaneBox.com slash hurry slowly to start your free trial and get a $25 credit. That's S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot com slash hurry slowly. Your best thoughts don't come when you demand them. So a lot of people are rushed because they rush themselves. I'm Jocelyn K. Gly, and this is Hurry Slowly, a podcast about pacing yourself, where I explore how you can be more productive, creative, and resilient through the simple act of slowing down. Given the focus of this show, you probably won't be surprised to learn that there's nothing I hate more than being rushed. And I recently became curious about how rushing impacts the creative process. I began to wonder, does living in a world that privileges speed over slowness change the way we get ideas? And even if we get ideas? And that's the subject of this mini-episode, which tackles two topics simultaneously, decision-making and creative intuition. Prior to having the conversation I'm about to share with you, I probably wouldn't have paired these two topics. But if you think about it, it makes sense. When you're faced with a key decision, you often have to uncover some new insight that you didn't have before in order to understand how to move forward. You're paralyzed until you somehow stumble into the aha moment that changes everything. And today's discussion is about the mechanics of getting to that aha moment. My guest is Bill Duggan, a professor and researcher of intuition at Columbia Business School, whose most recent book, The Seventh Sense, fuses psychology, neuroscience, and Asian philosophy to explain the genesis of those flashes of insight that fuel our most meaningful decisions. Bill argues that there are actually two types of intuition that we use on a daily basis. The first is expert intuition, which is always fast and only works in familiar situations. It's the type of decision-making that we often call snap judgments. And the second type of intuition is creative intuition, which is always slow and only works in new situations. Creative intuition is basically that slow and sometimes agonizing mental churning that leads to those exhilarating aha moments that we all seek. I started by asking Bill to break down the two types of intuition in the context of making daily decisions. How exactly do we know when to rely on our fast, expert intuition and when to use our slow, creative intuition? I actually, myself, never use the term decision-making. I use the term getting ideas (laughs) because that frees you not to make a decision on what you think you're making a decision on, but to have a creative idea about maybe something else. So, for example, most inventions were not a result of decision-making. 
the result of people either struggling with a problem or discovering things that they then saw an application for. The decision is whether to then take action about it. <laughs> it's very rare that you get a decision in life the way a judge does. Please, here's all the evidence. Decide, yes or no, decide on the case. Um, it's So I'm, I like the terminology of how do people get ideas about what to do. Mm. If we're talking about the creative side, you certainly can't force it. Um, you, and a very simple thing is you can't solve every problem in one day. You can't solve every problem in one week. You can't solve every problem in one year. Some problems you just can't solve. Um, and you don't know you can't solve it you know, until you give up trying to solve it. But you can always keep it in the back of your mind in case you discover a solution. So I think there's something called presence of mind where you just relax and recognize that there are circumstances beyond your control. Um, you might not be able to solve what you're trying to solve. You might not find what you're looking for. But you have to stay calm about it because if you get nervous about it, if you get impatient about it, those are f negative emotions um, that come from not getting what you want. This is the big danger. And that releases in your brain a hormone called cortisol. Um, it's very bad for you physically but it also stops you from thinking. If you've ever been too upset to think, it's because you were too upset to think. Um, cortisol goes into your brain and it stops you from thinking. Now this used to be very useful for human beings. It's called fight or flight because what happens is adrenaline comes at the same time, also floods into the brain. And when we all lived in caves, uh, this was very useful because you'd come out of your cave, you'd see a lion, the cortisol would stop you from thinking, you don't want to spend too much time thinking about that lion, and the adrenaline helps you run. Uh, but now, it's, you know, if, you, if you're in physical danger, then it's still good for you. But most of us, probably the people listening to you now, are not in physical danger every day or maybe ever. So this cortisol reaction is bad. What it means is that any negative emotion, and frustration is a negative emotion, because it's not getting what you want. That's the source of all negative emotions. Um, it creates this cortisol that makes it harder to think. So you're doing yourself a disservice by getting worried about it, because now you're less able to actually see a solution if it appears. And I think there's an interesting tension between... In this world we live in today, right, everyone's so focused on being busy and being productive, you know, this this idea of productivity, which is in many ways, um, you know, very counter to this sort of process of creative intuition and arriving at that aha moment that you need to get to Definitely. in order to, you know, find your course of action and get that idea. I'm curious if you've um, seen you know, certain people or certain strategies that you find that people use that are good for kind of shifting between those different modes, you know? So like, okay, I'm I'm productive now, but then, okay, now I'm in a, a sort of a more receptive, passive state of mind. Here's a simple way to remember this, what you're just describing. I'm not saying it's easy to do, but it's simple to remember. If you know what you're doing, if you're working on something that you know what it is, you've done it before, you know you have the expertise to do it, Go ahead and work till midnight because you don't need a new idea. Great. Knock yourself out. 
But if you're working on something where you don't know the answer, where you need a new idea, what you do is you spend your day um, researching it, talking to people, learning as much as you can about it, and then you go home at a regular time and you relax. Whatever you do to relax, just relax. The science is really good on this. The chances of you that night or the next morning getting an idea, a good idea about the problem you were just working on is just many times better than if you knocked yourself out and tired out your brain um, and just filled it with more stuff um, till midnight. So that's a simple way uh, to remember, again, the difference between this expert intuition and creative intuition. Well, yeah, and I think the the idea would be something like if you're feeling stuck, do something different, right? I find that I don't know what your experience is, oh, but for me personally, yeah. if I'm if I'm in front of my computer, like, you know, kind of like trying to force something, you know, I find that 98% of the time if I go for a walk, the problem solves itself. Right. I mean, that's, that's, you've just put your finger on sort of the perfect way to tell the difference. If you proceed, 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 and then you're stuck, your brain has just told you that your expertise, you know, what you've done before is not going to solve this. So that's a good moment to stop. <laughs> um, what you, I, I mean, certainly going to, going, uh, taking a walk, clearing your mind is good. Um, perhaps what I'm suggesting is try to determine before you even get stuck <laughs> whether this is something where I'm going to get stuck. <laughs> and uh, therefore, you're not trying to solve it. You're trying to learn as much about it as you can so that when you do take that walk, you have more in your brain that's not just your own experience. You've filled it with things that you didn't know two hours ago. So I guess what I'm one of the things I'm trying to get at, which maybe there is no answer for, is is how do you make that distinction between when it's good to make a snap judgment, make a quick decision, and when you need to let things breathe a little bit more? Because sometimes I guess you don't you think you know the answer, but you, you, should, but you, you don't. Should, you should only make a snap decision when you have to, because your thoughts don't come. Your best thoughts don't come when you demand them. Um, so. A lot of people are rushed because they rush themselves. And there's very, very few decisions you make you need to make as snap judgments. Now, of course, you have snap, you have snap judgments. You know, you walk into a subway train or, uh, you know, you walk down the street and you see something and you have a snap judgment about it. Well, you don't have to act on it. <laughs> you know, again, unless you're in danger. So when in doubt, let it marinate. Yeah, that uh, it should provoke you to think about it. And remember, I guess for me, the, the biggest answer to your question is just remember that everything comes from memory. Everything comes from memory. Everything comes from memory. And that you can add things to your memory. <laughs> right? That you might not have enough knowledge in your own experience. Right? But also recognize that infinite knowledge will not give you the answer. You still have to decide at some point. When you talk about the concept of the Buddhist concept of beginner's mind, how does that kind of play in? Pure presence of mind, what it is is that, and this is what happens when you take a walk, or it should happen when you are serious about taking your walk and you're really clearing your mind, is you clear your mind of all your ideas. What your goal is, what you think the question is, what you think the problem is, what you think the answer is, what your desire is. I mean, this is... Certainly, you can see the Buddhist angle there. 
you free your mind of all ideas. It's difficult to do. The idea there, though, is therefore it's a beginner's mind, right? It's like you're, you've freed yourself of your expert intuition. You're not jumping to any conclusions, um, right or wrong. And so your mind is as clear as possible. And then, in a sense, you trust your brain or your mind to make its own connections, in a sense, without your effort. And that's the famous flash of insight, um, which is true. <laughs> Do you think that decision-making is something that one can get better at beyond through just acquiring experience? Like, as if we understood the mechanisms of our brain better, could we... Well, I think, being, I think being conscious of what's going on in your mind, you can get better at it and more disciplined. It's a question of mental discipline. Um, you know, not getting upset, freeing your mind, recognizing that uh, all pieces of any puzzle come from your memory. You can improve your memory, not its speed, but improve what's in it by adding things to it and especially learning about the experience of others. In a sense, perhaps this is the biggest lesson is that uh, don't try to figure things out yourself. Your experience is very, very limited. I don't care how experienced you are. <laughs> uh, the experience of you know other people, and there's a lot of people in the world, and there are a lot of people in the world that have achieved things over the centuries who have pieces of the answer to your puzzle. So it's that humility as well. In many ways, technology now allows us to move through life like little dictators. We can watch most any TV show or movie on demand. We can have our groceries delivered on demand. We can even review potential life partners on demand. But even as everything else speeds up, the muse cannot be rushed. The rhythms of creative labor remain the same. Or, as Duggan puts it, your best thoughts don't come when you demand them. And personally, I find the idea that creativity can't be rushed quite comforting. It means that we humans will always have an edge over the robots and the AIs that everyone is warning us about. Because no one is going to develop an algorithm for aha moments anytime soon. This show was produced by Matt Susich, and our theme music was composed by Devin Craig Johnson. If you're a regular listener and you would like to support the show, I would love it if you left us a review on iTunes. There's even a handy review link in the show notes. And last but not least, if you would like to be notified when new episodes come out, you can subscribe to my extremely good-looking newsletter on the podcast website at hurryslowly.co slash newsletter. Thanks again for tuning in, and remember to let the muse take her time.